0: Hi guys, I'm Sean McCambridge. For over 20 years, I've been inquisitive, learning and experimenting with different ways to leverage our greatest asset, our minds, to work for us rather than against us. Join me as I engage with these inspirational guests to provide you knowledge and insights to help you achieve more. This show is sponsored by Stellar Recruitment and inspired by a company, Purpose and Why, which is inspiring growth and changing lives. Thanks very much for tuning in. Sandy, great to catch up, mate. Appreciate you making the time. I've been lucky enough to get to know you over a fairly long time now through a mutual friend, I think, firstly. And uh, we're both involved in a uh, organisation called Entrepreneurs' Organisation, which is fantastic. But then since then, I've been fortunate enough to partake in your annual CEO bike build a couple of times, which has been tremendous and nice to sort of see and follow I guess your donations or efforts and see that firsthand and the impact that that makes. So, really appreciate you joining us here today, mate. But maybe we can sort of start with you giving us a bit of an overview of the Traction charity and what the
1: organisation is and, and what it's all about. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Traction, well, <laughs> it's a really different approach to engaging young people. And what we do with the program is. We get kids out of school, or kids that should be at school, out of schools, out of the classroom, and on the tools, completing projects. So it's a real hands-on learning-based model where mentoring is a part of it. And it's not one-on-one mentoring. It's actually young people in groups of six where they can go through an experience with new friends that they make and develop over the program. They share the ups and downs of of their project completion. And they do that a day a week out of their week, out of their school week, sure. a full day for nine weeks off school term. So the idea is that we work with schools who will identify young people who are experiencing some challenges. Those challenges can be many and varied. So they, these are kids who some might say they're experiencing often poverty, distress, misfortune, a whole bunch of challenges and it's getting in the way of them being engaged at school, attending school, achieving their potential at school. Maybe it's just that school's not for them. And so they're a bit of a square peg in a round hole. So they're not feeling successful there and they don't really feel like they fit in there. So the schools will identify these young people um, and we have the privilege of supporting them through a program. And really it's about unlocking their potential. It's about including them in a place where they can feel safe where they can learn new skills, where they can connect with others, they can feel a a sense of belonging a part of something and they can set their sights on their potential. And that's really about possibilities for them despite whatever challenges they're facing. Like, what is it that they get a sense could be possibilities for them, what pathways they could pursue? And so we're about keeping them in school so that they keep all of the opportunities open for their future pathways.
0: Now, fantastic. Keen to understand, like all founders... How did you come to have this organization come to reality? What was the sort of the moment or what was the sort of the passion or the the motivator to solve, I guess, what is probably an increasing problem with society in terms of maybe some of the at-risk youth? And maybe we'll talk about some of the data yeah. later around yeah. what that corresponds to. But
1: how did you sort of bring this organization to light? Well, it, it probably came at a time in my life where after having spent most of my career in business, I had some time after exiting one business to think about, I guess, some of those bigger questions. And I've I've been fortunate to have mentors in my time that have hit me with some pretty challenging questions, mm. like, what am I here for? And in my early 40s, I was really trying to find my purpose, and I could relate to not knowing what it is I wanted to be mm. when I grew <laughs> up, and... I'd had a few iterations of different business opportunities and some of which you chalk up to character and experience (laughs) and some which went really well. But so I was in a privileged position to have some time to think about it. And the area that, and my family had had a a foundation over the years which had contributed and donated money to other charities to predominantly focused on helping young people. Mm -hmm. I'd always found it energising, being around young people and Mm -hmm. seeing the spark Mm -hmm. in their eyes Mm -hmm. when they sort of get a Mm -hmm. sense of what their possibilities are. Mm -hmm. But I wanted instead of channeling my uh, abilities to make a difference through business, I wanted to do something which was purely community-driven. And so I thought, rather than just donate money, why not start something Mm -hmm. which is about making a direct impact for young people? And I've been tinkering a bit And noticing in in the area of craftsmanship and uh, there's a, in Brisbane, there's a little custom motorcycle shop in West End called Ellerspeed and and I've been noticing how helpful a community that was. People getting, gathering around a common interest with the objective of completing something, how much willingness there was to share learnings. Mm. And I thought, wouldn't it be fascinating if we could get young people I guess, applying themselves to completing projects where they put as much effort and ability, you know, interest in learning Mm. and craftsmanship in the end product as what I was seeing in some of these communities Mm. around the automotive sector. So I grew up riding BMX bikes Mm. and knocking about with mates and and the freedom and the independence that came with that was not the least of which was, you know, you learn tricks, (laughs) you do it with mates, it'd be fun, you can go places. I thought, why don't we go back to bikes Mm. and have kids work on and complete bikes the target for them at the end is they get to keep it. Mm. And, but they get to enjoy the ups and the downs, the journey with others along the way. Mm. So, for me, it had a bike as the project vehicle through Mm. which there would be application. It's a bit of a carrot. The kids, Mm -hmm. oh, who wouldn't want to have a day where they could hang out with mates and mentors and, and work on bikes. But, it's so much more Mm. intended Mm. and delivered than just the bike, the conversations, the rapport that we're building with the young people, the level at which we're getting to know them, the challenges they're experiencing, but also their hopes and dreams for the future. This is all happening whilst Mm. we're working side by side on the tools. I mean, you've seen it. I I know you've seen it in the first CO bike build that you came to you immediately struck rapport through a conversation with a young person based on the fact he had ACDC on his hat. Yeah. And it was that thing in common that, mm. that you shared mm. with that young man. Then you could talk about music. Now, that just led, that broke the ice, didn't mm. it? That just led from one thing to another. Mm. And our mentors really gifted at meeting young people where they're at, recognizing every young person's different and rather than feeling like we're there to deliver content or lessons for them, because mm. they get plenty of that in other learning environments, mm, mm. we're actually there to meet them where they're at mm. and encourage a safe space for them to share. And from that sharing, we can have conversations. conversation. So that, that sharing could be as extreme as a disclosure about being groomed by a pedophile mm. or that there's abuse happening in their life. Mm. It could be simply about how much they... The Broncos didn't win on the weekend. Do you know what I mean? So it could be... Things like that that start, those little conversations that can lead to something more powerful. And ideally, and what we find with the young people is they start to share little glimpses that they have into what their future Mm. could look like. And it's from that position of encouragement Mm -hmm. and them discovering strengths that they build the confidence to set their sights on building their own future. And Mm. so for us, that's where we unlock the potential. It's about those young people realising, hey, I never thought of myself Mm. as courageous. Mm. Oh, you're telling me when... I greeted a special guest in the workshop, introduced myself and all the other young people, that that's an example of courage. Yeah. Hey, I've never been acknowledged for that before. Mm. Maybe I could be mm. courageous in more situations than just that. The the idea around it started with tinkering on mm-hmm. bikes in a workplace-oriented environment, not mm-hmm. so much of a school mm-hmm. sort of setup environment because it's about young people growing into their potential and, and even meeting expectations that might be held of them in workplaces, Mm -hmm. like having them think about, oh, we've got to be safe. Mm -hmm. I've got to look out for my mates here Mm -hmm. and make sure we're not, you know, we're wearing eye protection, dust protection when we need to. That's about taking responsibility for each other. Oh, is that what employers are going to look for? Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm going to need to deliver in an environment if I'm going to run my own business? Mm -hmm. So these are little things that they're getting along the way, not just building the bike. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than the bike. So, and in that respect, what I bring to traction is nothing out of education or mm. psychology or youth work. It's mm. all coming out of my experience in business and in mm, workplaces mm, mm. to make the situation that we deliver at Traction relevant to mm, mm. the future of most young people. Mm. Certainly, these are skills that we know employers are looking for. Mm, absolutely. People that will turn up on time. Yep. People will be respectful. People that will apply themselves the best their ability be creative as well as follow procedures, mm, mm, you know, mm. there's both of that stuff. So all of that, we have conversations about all these things mm. in the workshop. Mm. So we're with them for four, 54 hours. Yeah. Nine full days, mm, mm. you get to know them pretty well. Absolutely. Pretty young people, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it, it seems like you're opening the door to different possibilities to what they're maybe currently seeing in their current environment, which I think is pretty awesome. And, and you sort of talked about some of those other things around some of those practical skills that would serve them well in the workforce or if they start their own company, those sorts of things. What are the other sort of fundamentals you're trying to instill or achieve, whether it's sort of self-esteem, discipline, timeliness? Are there any other sort of core fundamentals yeah. here? you're looking to say, well, look, after nine weeks, we want that person to walk out
1: and have this? It's a good question, and we look to the young people as to what what do they want to get Mm. out of it. And I would say 90% of young people say they just want to make friends, Mm. which to me is a really telling Mm. thing about how isolated a lot of our young people feel, how lonely a lot of them feel, Mm. how they don't feel connected and part of Mm. perhaps a school community, Mm. or perhaps they feel isolated even in their family or domestic community. Mm. And we know isolation and loneliness Mm. is felt through the neural pathways Mm, mm. in much the same way as physical pain. So Mm. the health uh, Mm. impact of being isolated and lonely is as deleterious as smoking a packet of cigarettes a day Mm. over a long period Mm. of time. So for our young people, when they say they just want to make friends, Mm. we take that seriously because quite often they haven't had many role models in how to build good relationships, respectful relationships. So so they lack the confidence in socially. And that's a big one for us is helping the young people build their confidence Mm -hmm. in a social setting in and then applying back in a learning environment in community. So it's always for us about a well-being framework, mm-hmm. making sure our kids are okay, mm-hmm. and the way we think about well-being is sort of five elements. One is about that being engaged in learning, mm-hmm. education. We know is critical to mm-hmm. the long-term mm-hmm. health and well-being of our young people. Mm-hmm. Without that education, it's very difficult to make healthy choices. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to build your own independence, to be financially independent, mm-hmm. to look after yourself and others, so and contribute in community. So. Being engaged in learning, being active and physically is so good for your well-being. Being connected with others is key. Just being well and making good, healthy food choices. Mm. Um, being influential, even taking on that you can be leaders. Leaders aren't just mm. a certain echelon of community. We, we're all leaders, mm. leaders of ourselves and, and then leading others. So, long story short, we just love when we see the kids. As they complete their projects, their chests mm. go up. They mm. feel proud mm. of what they've achieved. It's the metaphor of what they've done with the bike, and it's mm. applying that sense of confidence out there in other aspects and realms of their lives that we see as the real potential for them. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen that camaraderie, particularly in that last event that we
0: did, mm. the, the real mateship and sharing and learning from one another and troubleshooting together and all that sort of stuff and then celebrating some of the results at the end of it. Yeah, and man. definitely the, the leadership, you know, the young fellow I was with, I thought he was tremendous in the way he sort of held himself in terms of the public speaking. I thought he did a yeah. tremendous job and to be fair, he carried me a fair bit in terms of the bike building, which was expected for anyone that knows uh, my limitations when it comes to mechanical aptitude, but it was really good to connect and be part of it. So mm-hmm. I think you're doing a wonderful job with what you're doing using bike building as sort of the context as such but I mean talk to us about some of the tangible benefits maybe the trajectory of some of these mm. youth is not going in the right direction when they come into your program what have you seen as some of the the tangible outcomes or positive stories having mm. seen some of these kids come in in such a state but maybe leave a slightly different person? Yeah
1: Sean, it's it's been really eye-opening I've got to say working with over 2,000 young people over the last eight or nine years, the challenges that they're experiencing and just the basics, food, shelter, safe environment, like some of the stories we hear and you think, man, sometimes the most tangible benefit Mm -hmm. we're delivering is just for these kids to have one day a week where they feel safe and they can take on learning rather than just surviving. But where we see almost an immediate kick is in things like school attendance and school behaviour. Because, and there's a bit of a trick to it to you. So they get the opportunity to come to traction. It's presented to them by their school champions who can see in them potential, but also they need a hand. Mm-hmm. They need some additional help. And they, they're given the opportunity, provided they bring something to the table, mm-hmm. and one of which is those other four days of the week that they ought to be at school, you've got to be there. Yeah. And when you are there... Be mindful of your behaviour because if you aren't putting that effort in, mm. then you may, may lose that opportunity to do mm, traction. Mm, mm. So, the, we have waiting lists in many of our schools The kids lot. who want to do traction and, and schools have identified kids that would benefit. So, you have these young people who are, are aspiring to be at traction, not fearing being sent there. Mm. Mm. So, it's, it's not like a punishment or a program you've got to do. It's actually an opportunity Mm -hmm. that I've been given. So immediately you see attendance up, Mm -hmm. you see behavior improving. Mm -hmm. They're the most immediate things. The most profound tangible benefits we see is as extreme as kids telling us they're in such dark places before traction, they weren't going to be around anymore. (sighs) So in that respect, we're in kids' We're saving their lives. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't expect that when we started this program. And it's quite humbling but also really quite emotional to sort of see the impact and to wonder what these kids have been dealing with but also so inspirational to see the resilience and the strength that they have to push through things. We've had young women who, girls who do traction, the first in their family to go on to complete high school. And, you know, 27% of our kids are actually girls. Mm. Most think that traction is just about Mm. young men. Mm. It's not 24% of our young people last term, last quarter, were actually First Nations young people. So really getting a good variety of the community through the program. I think it's the inclusion is the the other Mm. big one. Kids who have said to us they have gone from having no friends to having four friends that they Mm. feel really Mm. deeply about and appreciate. Mm. We've had young people go on to complete high school and then to get trades and apprenticeships in electrical, plumbing, all sorts of, but not just trades, mm. like young people who have gone on to go to, college, to university mm. and so forth. Mm. When we see kids who did the program some years ago, working a part-time job at the local cafe, at the auto electrical store. We bump in and they, and they sing out, hey, how you going? Look mm. at me now. Like I'm a big mm. kid now and mm. it's like they've got jobs, they're doing school, mm. they're working towards a plan and you think they've taken it on. They've taken on mm. the opportunity and the learning. So it's really about them completing school, opening up pathways for the future, but it's about their mental health and well-being mm. as well. So... now um, it sounds awesome, mate. I mean, uh, a psychologist once
0: told me you really only need two fundamental things in life. You need love and connection mm. and you need meaning and purpose. And I guess through your program, you could argue that you're definitely giving them a pathway to connection. Mm -hmm. And obviously through the exercise that you go through, you're giving them a bit of meaning and purpose as well, aren't you? Yeah. Which are two sort of core fundamental things.
1: I mean, that's, they're p- very powerful, mm. either conditions for success or things you come to discover yeah. in terms of your purpose. Mm. I mean, I, this is what I can relate to kids. We expect a lot mm. of, of kids, we expect a lot. Mm. Choose subjects yep. that you're going to yep. line up with what you want to do after school and <laughs> finding purpose is a big subject to choose yeah. or to arrive upon. But we've had that feedback and sometimes it's from the schools or the the family around the young people Mm. I say, you know, Louis really found meaning Mm. in his life Mm. and he's now realises actually if if he wants to have his own electrical business, Mm. he needs to complete school. If he needs to complete school, he's going to have to take maths. He's going to have to put that effort in. He's Mm going to actually have to put his hand up in class and ask respectfully for help when Mm -hmm. he needs it Mm -hmm. because he's got to take that responsibility. So... He's found purpose and meaning he's cutting grass for the neighbours. Yeah. He's getting some cash, you know, some pocket money. He's washing cars. He's on route to TAFE. So, I mean, that application settling on what it is you want to build for your life, Mm. that can come from anywhere. Mm. And, I mean, in some cases we've helped young people figure that out and get going. And that, for me, and for our mentors and our team is just a real kick.
0: Yeah. No, it's wonderful work, mate. And I've seen it firsthand. It's uh, really, really good. So, great stuff in that regard. Keen to sort of shift tack a little bit. Mm. You've been really successful in the corporate arena pre-traction. You're now doing wonderfully well and and living a, a real life of impact through traction. What have you learned through your time in both worlds if you could sort mm. of, you know, separate the two?
1: Yeah, I guess in my pre-traction life, I always looked for in business it is a vehicle to make a difference in community. How to strike upon some sort of, you know, meaningful or noble cause in the business. So not, Mm. and not just what the customers want or through products and services, but actually can we collaborate with our trading partners, suppliers or downstream distributors to create more value and in building those relationships, can we one plus one equal three Mm. or, but probably, and that building a bigger community around Mm, the business mm. rather than just the business itself and work, I always got a kick out of working with the team in terms mm, of building yeah. culture around learning and ideally mm. high performance, yep. but certainly around learning and the belief that ordinary people working together can achieve mm. extraordinary things. Mm. So, and w- in business, a few ups and downs I've had have those testing environments, if you can survive them, mm. it's often where you look back on, I've felt yeah. they're like some of my fondest memories are yep. in those hardest times. So, yeah, yeah. I think business for me brings so much learning to the not-for-profit or the Mm for-purpose space. Mm -hmm. Like in traction, it's much the same. Having a vision, building a team around a a shared purpose, building the kind of values that we want to live by, Mm -hmm. challenging ourselves to those values and and seeing it in behaviours rather than just talking the values. Mm -hmm. It's the challenging part that I find in not-for-profit space compared to the corporate arena is just the uncertainty Mm -hmm. around or it's difficult to plan for the long term because of the pipeline of funding that's required to invest in whether it be program delivery or Mm. developing the capacity as an organisation or investing in the infrastructure needed. Mm. Like without any certainty on that, at least in the business world Mm. if you had a market share with a product or you kind of could fight for that and if you're doing a good job you could forecast some revenue that you were reasonably confident on. So for us it's about partnerships with our supporters which to me plays to that what I enjoy anyway, which is relating to other people and trying to sort of work together to achieve things collaboratively. It's through those partnerships we can have some, I guess, vision of our pipeline for funding, but it's not easy. I mean, we're 95% privately funded through philanthropic donations, Mm. corporate sponsorship, community donations, fundraising. We don't have that government Mm. underpinning us yet Mm. to be able to lock in on reaching more mm. and more young people. We're in Southeast Queensland, now we want to go further. Why mm. couldn't Traction be in every school? Mm. I mean, arguably, we are a wonderful tool. Mm. Teachers love us mm. because mm. they see that we how much we bring for the young people. The kids love it. And we've, we're really aligned with what we're trying to achieve, giving kids the best start in life, you know. If mm. kids could finish school with the world well at their feet, mm. that's mm. gold. Mm. So for me, business and not-for-profits, they're not all that different. No, no. In terms of whatever the the objective we're, we're targeted on achieving but I got into it somewhat naively thinking, <laughs> you know, that whole build it and no, will come thing yeah. that like if we start, the money will come mm. and the money has come but it's come with a lot of effort mm. and, but for me, the energy comes from seeing the results and the difference we're making and, and, it, and we're about prevention so there's a lot of attention being paid to youth crime mm-hmm. in our community mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. and to me, there's work that has to be done on that but, If we get in early and reach young people before they slip through the cracks in the system and get them on positive Mm -hmm. and trajectories Mm -hmm. to their potential and possibility, then it's a much smarter investment up front Mm. than having to deal with the knock-on effects later. So, you know, we need both attention. But for me, where traction's making a big difference is in that early intervention prevention space.
0: Yeah, it always interests me, and maybe I'm somewhat naive in that regard, that a lot of the resources seem to be downstream around dealing with incarceration and punitive measures when people Mm -hmm. act in a way that isn't in line with societal ideals and norms. It always interests me, why not be a bit more preventative in Mm -hmm. some of that stuff? And and obviously your program's more preventative Mm -hmm. in terms of shifting the trajectory rather than Mm -hmm. dealing with the downstream issue, Mm -hmm. you know, once they become adults and all the rest of it and committing crimes and it seems like crimes on the rise. Mm -hmm. What does the data tell you Mm. around the cost on society, around people that commit crimes? And Mm. if they're not doing that, uh, there might be a dollar spent today that's saved in the future in terms of Mm. incarceration costs and those sorts of things. What can you share in that regard?
1: It's very complex. Yeah. But what we know is there's about 38,000 young people around the country in Australia that every year disengage and leave school early yeah. for a variety of reasons, yeah. and most not through choice. Mm. It's because they've got factors that are getting in the way of mm-hmm. them attending mm-hmm. and engaging mm-hmm. and achieving at mm-hmm. school. Those thirty-seven or 38,000 young people, the cost to the community of their be, them being supported, because they don't get back into other forms of learning, training, or employment. So, the cost to community, just the fiscal cost alone, of supporting them on welfare across their lifetimes, about twelve billion dollars. Now, that's just for that one year. That cohort of thirty-eight thousand. Next year, there'll be another cohort like that, and it will wow. also so it's need support. It's compounding, and every year there's a new batch. So and then to speak. you've got the intergenerational. Then you've got issues. It gets more concerning because, and let's not forget, the outcome for those individuals is not good. Mm. You know, if you go through life without that education, without mm. that independence and mm. the ability to build your future, that's not a quality of life because mm. you've got poor financial independence, you've got poor health outcomes, unfor- and you are a burden on the health care system. Mm. Unfortunately, often you're involved with domestic violence or you're perpetuating it. Mm. Then you've got the... Inter- that's before you get the next generation mm. of what you might be providing for with the next generation. Mm. So the costs are significant, we need to ensure as many of those young people remain mm. in the schooling and education system so that they can make good choices. We know a massive trigger for youth crime is exclusion from school.
0: Yeah.
1: As soon as you fall out of yeah. or are ex- excluded from the schooling system, who are you going to hang out with?
0: Mm.
1: You're going to often, you are, after all, the sum total of who you hang out with. Mm, of so course. the choices you make mm. are often influenced by your peer group. Mm. If you've dropped out of school, unfortunately, you've got time on your hands, you've got choices that are, can be made, mm. and the trajectory is not good from there. Mm. Mm. So, we need to find ways not to suspend, not to exclude, to keep mm. these kids positively engaged. And we know, because um, we really work closely with schools, and we know there is a real issue with 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds as they make that transition from primary school into middle school and, and senior schooling, that there's a real issue with young people disengaging at that point. And where there are plenty of vocational and in-school sort of training mm. opportunities for young people who perhaps want to get into trades mm. and, you know, work, go down a, a pathway with tastes and so forth, a lot of those programs kick in in grade 10, 11, course, 12. too late. A little bit before that, though, mm. they're seeing signs of kids disengaging. So university literacy levels falling mm. and then not feeling successful behaving out getting suspended, getting excluded. And so we need to find ways earlier whilst they're 12, 13, 14 mm. to keep them positively mm. engaged and learning.
0: What What is that? Is it uh, being a big fish in a small pond and then you go to being the small fish in a big pond at high school? Is it to do with
1: the development of the brain? W- what do you get issues? In this I station? think there are a lot of those things. There's yeah. physiological changes, yeah. you know, as uh, you know, Gibbety kicks yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah. those identity issues start you yeah, know yeah. who am I yep. where do I fit in yep. a lot of that that analogy the big fish in the in the little pond to be part of a big mm. system they're definitely at play mm. put in the picture also to what extent am I encouraged to go to school mm. Who, mm. who in the village that's mm. helping me is encouraging me is nurturing me encouraging me to mm. get to school be there mm. put in who's supporting me to establish the relationships? at school, such that I feel safe and Mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see even attraction, you know, 40% of our young people turn up without having had breakfast or without food for Mm -hmm. lunch. So Mm -hmm. some of those hygiene factors about Mm -hmm. setting your day up for success are important. Mm -hmm. But I think that society has a wonderful opportunity. We've just got to keep these young people engaged in education, keeping options open so that they can achieve their potential and contribute in society. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, Sean. It's complicated though.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's interesting, mate. It really is. You've been part of this program for some time now. Obviously, you're iterating on that. You see these individuals that maybe haven't come from the best of family environments. What are your own musings around what kids fundamentally need to have a good or positive or great life? Mm. Well, because it's such an influential stage, adolescence, mm. right? That can yeah. send you in a positive trajectory or mm. can send you to a life changing path or journey. Yeah. Or what
1: do you think the fundamentals that kids need? Look, I, I think our young people, it's care and love mm. to start with. Mm. Um, there is the recognition that every young person has unique gifts, mm. brings different strengths, try and understand what they are. Mm difficult sometimes for parents, mm. and the encouragement to participate, to mm. contribute, mm. to have a go, mm. that encouragement that reflects who they are mm. Um, mm. I think is important. Often we have in society these sort of definitions or visions mm. of what success is. Yeah, there's a blueprint, but, right? Yeah. There's a, but there's so many, like the best ideas can mm. come from anywhere. Mm. So I think if our young people can see that there's a place for them, mm. And they can build their own community. There's Mm. so many different ways to build community now, Mm. like whether that be online or it's not the traditional just playing that sport Mm. or whatever Mm. or being Mm. part of that band. There's so many places in common we can form if we Mm. have the confidence and the skills. But education is key. Mm. We've got to have that safe learning environment for our young people. And there's different ways to learn. It's not just in the classroom, but... People understanding their strengths and mm. having that self-awareness and getting the opportunity to realise that too, mm. such that they can chase their hopes and dreams. I mean, so it's those are it. They we need to have a community around our young people.
0: Mm. It sounds like you've done life-changing work, and I know that you've perhaps got a grander vision to amplify this. Mm. What stands in the way? of you amplifying the impacts you're having at this scale and take it to a broader scale. Mm. And like we said before, in some cases, it's literally the difference between life and death or being here and not being here further to leading a a great life or Mm. or a positive and healthy life with all Mm. the
1: fundamentals we talked about before. What stands Mm. between you and making that more of a broader reality? Oh, sure. And I think we've proven in the first eight or nine years that the program is working. Yep. We developed it. We've got a real intentional practice, the way Mm. we go about things now, that it's delivering results. Mm. We do that predominantly in partnership with schools Mm -hmm. and community organisations who work and support young people. Mm. For us, the next step is critical, is Mm. some government support, Mm. whether it's with the education department, Mm. to enable more schools to access traction programs Mm -hmm. so that their young people can get the opportunity to Mm. build their confidence, their skills and and Mm. their engagement and their Mm. well-being. Mm. Attraction is good for kids. It's good for schools. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's great for our community. Mm. So ultimately that comes down to resources, Mm. funding. Mm -hmm. But we have shown we'll work with other organisations to meet the needs in the community. Mm. We've just done a great collaborative project in Logan with an Indigenous organisation called Ganyameta. And we've co-designed our and adapted our mm. bike build program to be culturally safe mm. and inclusive for First Nations young people and the program's called Building Deadly, Riding Deadly. And mm. that mm. has sparked so much interest in the young people mm. from the first school that's been through the program in their culture. Mm. And we know how important it is to connect the culture, mm. to feel part of community, mm-hmm. to be able to continue to build a legacy and, and in some respects makes it so much easier for the kids to engage in learning at school mm. when they've got that cultural connection and mm. community that, mm. that they feel a part of. So mm. for us, it, to your question, it's about fuel in the tank. Yeah. We've got a great model. We've, we know the attributes of yep. powerful mentors and we are ready to scale up the program and reach more young people. We're ready to recruit and train and develop and onboard new mentors Mm -hmm. so that we can work in partnership with more schools. So Mm -hmm. for us, it's not just about government, but we've gotten through our first chapter off the back of philanthropic community Mm. and corporate support. We've proven up the program with community funding. Mm. Now I think it's time to go further Mm. that we're able to work much closer with government in partnership to meet the needs for our young people.
0: Uh, Well, clearly, mate, you've de-risk the model and since the model works you see the profound impacts it has Mm. and I think there's broader societal benefits for that so wish you well in terms of knocking on the right doors of government to get the much-needed funding further to the other and good on you for putting so much of your time energy and capital towards such an endeavor a lot of people would take the easier path, mm. um you know mm. and you've been successful in business you didn't need to do that so I really implore and sort of acknowledge what you've done here mate it's huge um mm. and I guess that sort of leads into the next question around purpose mm. and, and your why because I mm. think we all search for that in some way shape or form we always you know ask that question and clearly you're driven by the impact that you're having through this great foundation
1: but what is your sort of purpose or why and how does that link towards traction mm. For me it's a, about making a difference and I need to find even if it's in some small way something each yep. day yep. where I feel like mm. I feel like I've made yep. a difference. Yeah. I've always believed that ordinary people working together can achieve mm. extraordinary things so that's yep. part of yep. I guess what I look for is it being as present as I can be with the community that I'm in mm. to find what's possible mm. not all difficult to do mm. sometimes and mm to be orientated towards the sort of success of others. But Mm. for me, having a sense that we are making a difference Mm. is is what it's about. So, and I like to do that in relationship with others and Mm. with others Mm. and Mm. working with and through and being part of something bigger. For me, that sense of belonging around that shared purpose or that cause is where I get a sense that we're in it together Mm. and... We're not here a long time, Mm. so I'd much prefer Mm. to be part of a collective rather Mm. than in isolation. And we talked before about isolation. That's not a good place. And I honestly believe, like I've always tried to surround myself with people way smarter than me because i the sparks, when the sparks are flying Mm. and really with people that think differently Mm. and to Mm. me and things can happen Mm. and I think that's where... I guess that's part of the wonder of life is what's mm. possible when you knock heads together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. around a common goal. Traction for me is about, it is exactly about making a difference mm. for young people, but setting themselves up so they can make mm-hmm. a difference in their life and um, and it's doing it with others. And our mentors, we all take on that role of we're there for those young people to set mm-hmm. them up for the future and we get as much out of the program as our young mm-hmm. people do. Because yep. it really can be tough, yep. but it's also so energising when we see the spark and the unlock in our young people when they realise what they're capable of and they want to have a go. Yep. So in my purpose is if we can just find something in each day where we're making a difference, then I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Now, well, I think without sounding too morbid, I
0: think at the end of the day when we get to our last day or moment, I think all we want to know is, did I make a difference? Because mm. if you didn't, there's perhaps a sense of regret or whatever. But I mm. think clearly through the work you're doing, there's no doubt you're making a difference. And I think beyond that, I think I've heard it said by many people, the quality of life is determined by the quality of relationships and mm. your connectivity with community, family, friends, and all that sort of stuff. So I think you're cultivating that for mm. you, for the attendees, for your mentors. Mm. So there's a big component of that. And what you're doing, which is awesome, mate. So, mm. and are making a huge impact and a huge difference in these young people's lives, which is awesome. Mm. So, if people are keen to find out more about the great work you're doing and the impact
1: and those sorts of things, how do people sort of find out more about traction, Sandy? Oh, sure, so and before I share that, <laughs> I mean, I've got to say when people do take an interest in what we're doing… Mm the impact that it has, not just for our young people, but on us as a team Mm. is very powerful Mm. because it gives us the encouragement to keep doing the work. And also it's the opportunity for others to get involved Mm. and bring what they can, not just donations, but bring Mm. what they can in terms of perspective. So, Mm. I mean, you've participated in events alongside our young people Mm. and it's so cool to see how our community when they're there alongside our young people, how much our young people appreciate that the community cares about Mm -hmm. them. We had one young fella say at the first CO bike build, he goes, wow, I didn't realise there were so many people out there that were helping traction. Mm -hmm. And then the penny drop for him is like, I've got this opportunity thanks to all these people. Mm. And it is actually the kind of program where... Our supporters can get involved as little or as much as they want, but you literally can mm. come along mm. to one of our workshops, mm. uh, one of our locations, see the program being delivered, meet some of the young people and mm. ask them, you know, what are they getting out of it? Mm. How's it benefiting them mm. and, and what are they learning? And so, like, we have a website. It's called traction.community, and we're on Instagram and Facebook and mm. LinkedIn and those sorts of things. But our organisation's called Traction for Young People. Mm-hmm. We're based in Southeast Queensland, we really eager to reach more young people. And it's a privilege for me and for our team to be part of it. Mm. And we have the scope to do so much more mm. with the support of community. And for that, we're, we're really grateful.
0: Yeah. Now, well, we are all kids once, and some of us are grateful for the framework and the environment and the mentors and the role models we had. Some people weren't that fortunate, I guess, through the work that you're doing you're creating those that didn't otherwise have that opportunity with a positive framework to change their lives. So I think that's just absolutely phenomenal. You're leaving a, a great legacy. It's been really energizing to be part of it and it's been nice to be part of a, a charity where you actually can see and feel the tangible benefits of your donations and your time and your efforts and all that sort of stuff and I found it tremendously energising as you said you know interacting with these young kids that have got a lot of potential they've got dreams they've got hopes they've got ambitions and to see that spark of possibility that wasn't perhaps there prior to your involvement I think is a real credit to you and the rest of the team so mate thanks for allowing me to be part of the charity and the community that you're creating and wish you all the best for what's to come and, and keep doing what you're doing mate it's having a huge impact so Thanks for taking the time to share some of that today, mate. Well, thanks,
1: Sean. I really appreciate your interest and your support. Cool. Thanks, mate.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. means the world to me. Uh, if you got something of value out of the podcast, I'd love you to pay it forward and share it with anyone that might benefit. Thanks again for tuning in.